You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. All right. Uh, Amen. If you would turn your Bible to the book of Leviticus, where else would you turn on a Easter Sunday morning than the book of Leviticus, chapter number 14? I'm sure many of you had that marked already. Leviticus chapter number 14. This passage gives us an opportunity to emphasize the reason for the resurrection, the reason that Jesus came. And there's a great illustration. Uh, the Bible says it was, it was quoted in Sunday school where the Bible says, Jesus said, And lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. That is to say, from Genesis to Revelation, Jesus said, it is written of me. So as we can turn to the book of Leviticus this morning, and we can preach a message about the coming of the Lord, about the crucifixion of the Lord, and about the resurrection of our Lord uh, back here in the book of Leviticus. If you would, chapter 14 and verse number 1, The Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds alive and clean, and cedar wood, and scarlet, and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it, and the cedar wood, and the scarlet, and the hyssop, and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And it shall... And he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose into an open field. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, dear God, for the truth of the Word of God. And I pray that you'll help us, God, through this Old Testament picture, God, to relate the picture of the true meaning of why you came and the resurrection. And we'll thank you for that, dear Lord. And we praise you for it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. The message of the resurrection is a message of God's love, wisdom, and power. It is the message of mankind's only hope for forgiveness of sins and an eternity with the Lord in heaven. And not only that, but it's also the power, provides the power in this life to be the men and the women that God has created us to be. All through the power. Again, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, for, for, for the true child of God, uh, in a true sense, if we're making a difference for God, folks, we're celebrating the resurrection on a daily basis. That's right. 
Every time we say, Dear Lord, without You I can do nothing. We're saying, God, I need Your power to help me to accomplish that. And praise God, aren't you glad that God's got a plan for your life and a purpose for your life from day to day? And it's nothing that that is uh, up to your strength or power. And He's gifted each of us, but He's done. It's Him that's given. He's He's given us the gifts, and He will give us power to fulfill that for His glory and honor. Now, in Leviticus chapters thirteen and fourteen, there's a vivid Old Testament picture of what Christ did in his New Testament work. Why was Jesus crucified? Why did he rise again? The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of, who, of whom I am chief. Why did Jesus come? Folks, this is the message. Uh, I think there's a lot of People, if they're not careful, it's, there's ignorance today. You know, there's one day out of the year that, that the resurrection is celebrated and it almost becomes more uh, ceremonial and more sentimental, but a lot of times the greater purpose is missed. But I want to say today that for the, the purpose of Him coming in the first place is that He would do this. Christ came into the world to save sinners. Now, the Bible could not be clear that that's the reason that He came. His great love for people who are lost in sin. One of the most well-known verses in perhaps all the world is John 3.16, and it spells it out once again. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the purpose for His coming could not be clear. Now, why did He come? He came because there was a, a, a that, because mankind was lost in sin and in darkness. In the Bible, we see a picture of that in the disease called leprosy. Leprosy. So all of chapter number 13 talks about the leper and those that are infected with leprosy. Chapter 14 talks about how to deal how the person cleansed from leprosy can be restored. But leprosy is a totally incurable disease. It furnishes a most vivid and appalling picture of sin. Amen. A couple things to think about. Number 1, the disease of leprosy being incurable. Number two, the fact that the person who contracts the disease, it was no fault of their own. Why does the Bible say that all men are sinners? The Bible says all men are sinners because all men were born into sin. We're sinners by birth. Pretty soon we become sinners by choice. And so the reason that we celebrate the resurrection is because Jesus came to deal with sin. Leprosy was incurable. Leprosy was no fault of the person that had it. Uh, leprosy, like sin, spreads. Leprosy was highly contagious. Did you know that sin spreads? The Bible says as by one man sin entered into the world and the Bible says death came upon all men. Sin spreads. Not only that, also sin defiles. 
as much as this world may try to dress up sin or disqualify sin as even being sin, sin, my beloved, I want you to understand today, defiles. Leprosy was a disease that would begin to work inside and sometimes it would finally reveal itself as a small spot on the skin, a small bright spot on the skin. skin. But it started from something working from within. And folks, I'm telling you, the, the problem of this world today is sin. Amen. Now, I'm all for education, uh, but education is not the primary problem in the world today. I mean, whatever other need that people try to address, uh, the, the greatest need, that's the reason Jesus came to deal with sin. Yes, He does educate. Yes, He heals. Yes, He provides many answers for the things that we face in life. But it starts with the primary problem with mankind, and that is sin. That's the sin issue. It defiles. Man, there's broken people all around us because of sin. There's hurting people around us because of sin. There's people whose family, and I'm sure that many of us represented here today, we can think of, 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 of broken homes, that many of us come from broken homes, and we've seen personally what sin can do in a family. We've seen personally, many of us, what sin can do in a person's life. Folks, sin defiles. Sin breaks down. And leprosy, once you got the disease of leprosy, it was so contagious that they would, they would actually put you in isolation. You were no longer allowed to, be, to come to the temple. Actually, you wouldn't even be able to come back to your hometown. Period. You would be isolated. You would be quarantined off from everyone else, isolated. How many lonely people are there today because of sin and because of the effects of sin? Now, we're not talking about people that are physically necessarily separated from the others. But there even may be someone here today that in a crowd of people, you still know what it means to be lonely. Because there's a deep longing in your heart for you know not what. Or you know not who. But I'm telling you, there's a loneliness there. It's, it creates isolation. It, it shuts people off. Uh, it defiles. It isolates. And ultimately, when you find out what they would do with the lepers' clothes, with the lepers' homes, listen, ultimately, it is only fit for the fire. It's only fit for the fire. That's what they did with these things. And I want to say this as well. Uh, as In its worst manifestation, leprosy was a very grotesque disease. Leprosy, literally, it would begin with a small spot, but it would begin to where all the, the, the extremities would begin to rot off. Fingers, toes, noses, ears, and then ultimately just more skin as it would go. It was just a dreadful uh, disease. But here's the thing. When someone was declared to have leprosy, all it took was for one little bright spot to appear in the skin. And that was the sign of leprosy that proved they were a leper. And here's what I mean to say by that in the way of passing. Sometimes when we think of a sinner, a lot of times we don't want to admit to being sinners. Because when we think about somebody being a sinner, we think of somebody just like they would with a leper. Their fingers gone, their toes, their nose. I mean, man, they're, they're, they're open sores and wounds that are that, that there's blood and pus. It's just disgusting. And sometimes we talk about sinner, you think about the worst of the world. Yeah. And while it is true that they are sinners... 
There's others that have just one little spot that they can cover up maybe with a tie. That's right. Yeah. They can cover up with their religion. They can cover up with their good works. But the Bible says all have sinned and come Amen. short of the glory of God. That's right. Amen. See, the Bible compares in one place it says, and you hath he quickened who were dead in sins. Amen. See, someone may die this very moment and they're going to look a whole lot different from someone who died a thousand years ago. But one thing is still true. They're both dead. And the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now that's the dark picture. Sin presents a dark present and a bleak future. But I'm glad that's not the end of the message. Amen? Amen. I'm glad that's not the end of the story because in chapter 14, the Bible says in verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper. The Bible says, In the day of his cleansing, he shall be brought to the priest. But look at verse number 3. The Bible says, And the priest shall go forth out of the camp. And the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then the priest shall command, and we'll continue on in just a moment. But there's a great ray of hope. I'm glad that the Bible, I mentioned the passage out of Ephesians earlier, uh, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And it goes on to talk about how that we were walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we've all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath. That's Ephesians 2, uh, 1 through 3. But I'm glad that the, the Bible comes in there and says, but God, but God, who is rich in mercy for with His great love wherewith He loved us. Oh, my friend, listen, because of His love, it drove Him to do something. And so what we, we see, the reason for the resurrection, He came because of sin. But praise God, He came. This would be a sad uh, part of Leviticus if it ended with chapter 13 when it just pronounces all the doom of leprosy. Yeah. It would be a sad thing if it ended just by saying all men are sinners and condemned and are under the penalty and the judgment of death. That would be a sad story. But hallelujah, I'm glad that's not the end of the story because God had a plan. From the very beginning, God had a plan. Did you know that the Bible goes as far as to say in the book of Revelation chapter number 12 that Jesus was as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. In other words, God knew what it would cost. And thank God, the Jews, though they had no cure for leprosy, folks, there's no cure for sin that mankind can offer. Uh, but listen, the victim, if the victim became well, it was only because of God's gift of mercy. The Bible says this, salvation is of the Lord. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved. This is also Ephesians 2. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. A leper could no more heal himself of, a, of leprosy than he could go to the moon. There was nothing he could do. He couldn't even go to the temple to try to get some, some help. He couldn't go anywhere. He was isolated. He could not go anywhere. But praise God, the priest came to Him. And I want you to understand something. Mankind, we cannot get our sin problem fixed on our own. 
But praise God, He comes to us. Amen. Uh, uh, there's an old song that says, When I could not uh, go to where He was, He came to me. Amen. And that's what's illustrated here. The priest shall leave the camp. Folks, there's, we are not, we, if we're not saved by God's grace, we can't be saved at all. Because no one deserves to be saved. But notice as you look here, the steps of the, the leper's cleansing. I mentioned already, uh, he was outside the camp. He was at a moral distance from God, uh, from the sanctuary, from the assembly. He dwelt in a dreary solitude, in a condition of uncleanness. He was beyond the reach of human aid. Did you know that his family members weren't even permitted to go and to help them? Because you could not come within the vicinity of a leper. It was a law in that time. If you were a leper, if anybody began to approach you, you would have to cover your mouth. And you'd have to cry out, Unclean! Unclean! Don't approach to me. You have to stay away from me. But folks, I'm glad in the Bible there's a place where Jesus was approaching ten lepers and they were approaching, coming toward Him. And though they may have cried unclean, guess what? Jesus kept on coming. And you know what happened? Jesus, see, normally what would happen is that if you would be touched by a leper, you would perhaps contract leprosy. In other words, their defilement would spread to you. But praise God, Jesus is so powerful. He's so righteous. He's so holy. When He touched them, it was His righteousness. And it was His healing that transferred to them instead. Amen. He came without the camp. And notice what the Bible says. Even though they couldn't communicate, they were told to avoid everything and everybody. He could not make His way to God, but God could make His way to Him. I don't know, but I can imagine. I can imagine maybe some snake oil salesman from back in the day, perhaps coming along and trying to offer different remedies. Maybe they would come to families and try to take advantage and just say, "Oh, if you would just take this oil out there." I wouldn't even taken a shot at the essential oil people, amen. But if you could just, if you could just take this oil and rub on their skin, or if you could take this medicine or this herb, it'll heal. But and it'll just be a small fee. I can imagine. Did you know there's a lot of places, there's a lot, lot of religions getting rich off of that business. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what your loved one needs. They need our religion, and for a low fee, we'll mention them when we pray. For a low pre low fee, you know, and an offering, we can maybe try to ensure this person. And for a lot of works that you do, uh, maybe you can, folks. That's not the way it works. It was impossible. Man cannot make his way to God, but as a result of that, God made his way to man. The Bible says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Again, this may not seem like an Easter message to you at this moment, but I'm telling you, this is the Easter message. This is the reason he came. He came to save sinners. Thank God he came because we could not go to him. He came because it was the only way that we could ever be saved. And He was willing to pay such a price. Again, the Son of Man has come. Why? To seek and to save that which was lost. I'm so glad Jesus didn't go to some high mountain somewhere and say, okay, I'm here. Get to me if you can. If you really want it, get to me. Oh, no, no. Oh, my friend, I'm glad Jesus came. The Bible says this in 
Uh, Matthew uh, chapter 9 verse 10 it says and it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house behold many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples and when the Pharisees saw it they said unto uh, they said unto uh, him why eateth your master with publicans and sinners but when Jesus heard that he said unto them they that be whole need not a physician but they that are sick. Hallelujah. Jesus compares those that are sinners, which is all of us, to people that are sick. And let me tell you something. He makes house calls. You don't have to come to to Him. You don't have to make an appointment. Hallelujah. He'll come to you. Jesus came to this world and He was criticized. Why? Because He associated with the likes of prostitutes, with the likes of drunkards. And understand this, there's some that in this modern day that try to preach as if He was like partaking with them or something. It wasn't that. He was going there because they needed help with their sin. They didn't need somebody else to party with. That seems like the modern church message sometimes. Oh yeah, Jesus went and partied with them people. No, Jesus went to help them people. Jesus went to reach them people. Jesus didn't go to get leprosy. The priest didn't go out to get leprosy. He went to save them from this dreaded disease. And listen, He came to save us from our sins. Hallelujah. But He came. He came among those. And I'm telling you, I'm glad. Did you know this? Jesus in the New Testament, you'll read time and time again, it'll say that Jesus passed by and always something good happens. Somebody's healed. Somebody's raised from the dead. I wonder if anybody in here could testify this morning about a day when Jesus passed by in your life. Let me tell you something. Jesus comes to us. Amen? I mean, listen, Jesus went to a place, and I hadn't told this in a while, so I get to tell it again. I've got, I get my quote every once in a while, you know, but, but I, got, I just got to stop and praise God that God came to a place in Gastonia, North Carolina, that they called Greasy Corner. A place that's known, Greasy Corner, is known for a lot of women out walking the streets, not for exercise. It's known for drugs. It's known for a lot of things that aren't so great. But I'm, you want to know something? Jesus came there one Amen. night. Jesus came there on October 10th, 1992. He passed by. He came to a place where a lot of people don't want to go. You know something? When it, whenever I go back to, uh, to, to Gastonia, I'll always ride past that house where Jesus passed by. But I'll tell you, I personally try not to pass by there at night too often. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. But Jesus came there. Amen. And Jesus saved somebody from hell. Jesus made a difference in my life. Jesus came and cleansed me. I was lost. I was being ate up by sin. My life was going in a way. I was hopeless. I was, I was a, a, a total loser. I was on my way to big trouble. I'm telling you, I can't imagine where I'd be today had Jesus not passed by. But He came to me. Aren't you glad He came to you? And you want to to tell you some other good news? He's passing by this morning. He's passing by this morning. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. My point is, the priest went after this leper, and I'm glad Jesus goes after us. And let me tell you something, church, child of God, just as Jesus came after us, God help us to go after somebody. 
Help us to go after somebody. Help us to make a difference in somebody else's life. To, to let them see what the... See, this thing, this thing is not just some religious thing we do to make ourselves feel better or try to get to heaven. Praise God. You're looking at a group of people that were saved by the grace of God. A bunch of sinners saved by grace. Saved out of uh, the worldly, all the worldly sins. Many of, many of you have been saved out of the prideful, self-righteous, religious, sinful world. Yeah. But he, He's done all that. You know why? So that we can try to reach them Amen. with the truth of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Folks, there is hope. There is true hope. I'm glad I can look anybody dead straight in the eyeballs and tell them there's hope for their life. Right, yep. Amen. Not because I, some people, you know, I believe in you. I don't know if I believe in you or not, but I believe in Jesus. Amen. Yeah, right. And I know what Jesus can do in your life. Amen. And what he, because I can tell you, you know why I can tell you that? Because I know what he's done in my life. Amen. And I know what he's done in the lives of those around us this morning. He comes. Amen. Amen. And you think about that. He comes to heal and to save from the sickness of sin. I just want to mention this quickly. When the worlds were to be framed, God had but to speak. Think about that. God spoke this vast universe into existence. But when sinners had to be saved, He had to give His Son. Oh, my friend, listen. The Bible says in this was, his, was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. Let us remember the dreadful thing that is sin. That Jesus had to go through all that He went through because of sin. But I'm glad that He did. Amen. Eternal praise be to God. What sin demanded, which was death, Hallelujah. He redeemed, uh, redeeming love. He freely gave. Jesus freely gave in love that need. <coughs> Do you need to be cleansed and healed this morning? There was, there was a woman in the Bible that was sick for 12 years. Could not get better. Spent all she had. But let me tell you something. One day, Jesus came to her town. And if you know that story, you know the Bible talks about how she pressed through the masses to get and just touch the hem of His garment. But before she ever did that, Jesus came to her. See, He came a whole lot further than she did. And I may be getting ahead of myself just a little bit here, but I want to say this, that Jesus comes, He, he takes the long journey. You've just got to take that step of faith. He'll come to your town. You've just got to be willing to reach out and touch Him. Amen. Reach out and grab His hand because He will not force you. He will not force you. Now, notice what the victim, this leper, would have to do. They would have to offer two birds. Two birds. Notice what the Bible says in verse 4. Then shall the priest command to take for him that is cleansed, to be cleansed, two birds alive and clean, and cedar wood, and scarlet, and hyssop. So there's some wood involved. There's some scarlet involved. The wood speaks of the cross. The scarlet speaks of the blood. The hyssop, as we'll see in a moment, speaks of faith. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. Now, God takes two birds here to illustrate the one work that Jesus did. Number one, notice this first bird. This was an unusual ritual, but 
the first bird is taken and killed over running water in a clay jar, in an earthen vessel. Well, birds don't belong in jars. Birds belong in the sky. But folks, that bird that's killed in that earthen vessel, that speaks of Jesus Christ. That speaks of Him coming in the incarnation. That clay taking on the the form of man so that He might die, so that He might pay the price. That, That bird that's put in that vessel and killed is a picture of Jesus Christ. His incarnation. Folks, He came down from heaven. He put on a robe of flesh that He might die for our sins. Uh, He took on the form of man, the Bible says. The Bible says He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We see the incarnation. We see the Spirit. This bird was killed over running water. That bird uh, was killed over running water, which reminds us of the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says in John 7 that Jesus offered Himself to God through the eternal Spirit. I'm sorry, that's Hebrews 9.14. And I want to tell you something else we see. We see the blood and we see the resurrection. Notice as we continue on about this bird. Verse number 6. As for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. So we see the blood. See, the one bird was killed. The blood now they they would dip and sprinkle that other bird with the blood of the other bird with the living bird. The living bird would be sprinkled with blood. And then that bird with the blood all over its feathers would then be taken out into a field and set free. And away it would fly up to heaven. Amen? And the picture is this. Jesus came down in the form of man to die for our sins. He shed His blood. But folks, one of the things that's often missed around this time of year is what He did in the resurrection. He shed His blood on the cross. But some of you may or may not be familiar with an interesting transaction, an interesting communication that took place in the garden. Mary was one of the first ones to go out and see Jesus when He was resurrected. And she got out there this morning and when Mary recognized and saw Him, she was about to reach out and touch Him. But He says, Mary, touch Me not, for I have not yet ascended unto My Father. He tells Mary, don't touch Me. But it's just a few hours later to where He's encouraging people to touch Him. He said, Mary, I haven't ascended yet. See, what happened is Jesus died on the cross. He, uh, his body was laid in the tomb. His spirit went to paradise with all the souls of those from the Old Testament that died in faith. And uh, on His resurrection, he, he arose from the grave. And shortly thereafter, He ascended into heaven. Then He came back to the earth. And many people don't realize this. Did you know that Jesus ministered on the earth in His resurrected body for another 40 days before He ascended the final time? In the book of Acts and the the end of the Gospels, we read about the end of that 40 days. But what what is the, the picture of this bird flying away with all the blood on it? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, By His own blood, He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. 
Folks, it took the blood of Jesus to save us. The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There's many that say that it's the death. Jesus, it was not that Jesus could have died of a stroke or, uh, you know, of, of a hanging or something like that. Folks, His blood was shed. And there He ascended to heaven and with Him He had His blood. Wow, that sounds so strange. It may sound strange to us, but I'm telling you, the wages of sin is death. And the blood had to be offered upon the mercy seat that's in heaven according to the book of Hebrews. And so this bird this bird ascended with the blood. But that wasn't the last part, and this is the last part. This bird was killed in an earthen vessel just as Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Its blood was shed just like Jesus shed His blood for us. Uh, this bird, much like Jesus on the third day, ascended to heaven with the blood. Amen. And that's wonderful. But let me tell you, the conclusion of this important message about the resurrection is a message we need to be sharing on a regular basis, probably a daily basis. Notice what the Bible says here in verse 7, and we'll be through in just a moment. And he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose in an open field. So, the hyssop, this weak little herb that was just very frail, very weak. A, a, a little herb that was used back in that time. And he would take that and the blood would then be applied. In other words, here's the thing. The bird was sacrificed. The living bird goes on to heaven, so to speak. But the Bible says that the victim would only be cleaned if they accepted this. He came to them, but they had to be willing to accept the forgiveness. They had to be willing to accept the sacrifice and the resurrection. I don't know about you, but being raised where I was raised, I heard about the crucifixion of Christ. I heard about the resurrection of Christ. I never knew what it had to do with rabbits laying eggs. That's right. Later found out it has nothing to do with that. But I mean, but I'm just saying as a kid, that's where I associated. I didn't, get, I didn't get it. But one thing I can tell you, as long as I can remember, I believed that Jesus died on the cross. Yeah. I believed that He rose again. But beloved, it wasn't until the day that I realized why He did it. Right. See, and here's the point. That bird was sacrificed. That bird was released. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. But if the blood is not applied to our hearts, in other words, if you do not accept Him as your Savior, the Bible says salvation is a gift. A gift purchased and not accepted does, very, does a person very little good, doesn't it? It doesn't do very good. You've got to accept it. And that's exactly what has to be done here. The blood had to be applied. We must be willing to accept and trust Him as our Savior. Have you done that? See, like me, I didn't even real I didn't get it, but there was a day to where finally I began to realize I was a sinner. I had sinned against God. I was separated from God. I was on my way to hell. But then I heard the good news that Jesus died. Now I've heard that before, but there's a difference. He died for me. Amen. He died for my sins. 
And not only that, but He rose again the third day. He's still alive. Amen? He's still alive. He rose again. The Bible says He died for my sins. He was buried. He carried my sins away with Him. Just like the scapegoat, which there's so many illustrations in the Old Testament. Then He rose again for my justification. And praise God, I'm glad. On 305 South King Street in Gastonia, North Carolina, right there on Greasy Corner. I bowed my head and I bowed my heart and I accepted this gift that Jesus purchased for me. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Ain't that good? I mean, uh, have you done that? Have you accepted that gift? He's passing by. He passed by my way that day. And I said, Lord, I want Him. Amen. Amen. And I've never regretted it since. That's back in 1992. Uh, that's starting to sound like a long time ago. But He saved my soul. He's changed my life. Let me tell you something. He's still changing my life today. Yes. He's still changing my life today because it's not about what He did 2,000 years ago or even what He did 20-some years ago. It's what He's still doing today. Amen. It's a present work. It's something He continues. Now about this. Did you know this? Even if a leper was... Uh, declared clean. Did you know that if they had lost limbs or anything like that, there may still be some of those limbs that were missing? The bright spot in the skin might still be there. Let me ask you this. How would that leper know that they were cleansed? See, because not only do you need to be saved, but you need to know it. How can you be saved and know it? How can I know that I'm saved? How would this leper know that he had been cleansed? Anybody know how? Because God said so. (laughs) Amen? I mean, listen, there's some people that'll get saved and man, they'll cry until, man, they're sloshing around in their tears up on the altar, you know. There's other people that get saved and it's just like, Lord, save me. Thank you, Lord. And that's it. See, it's not about, it's not about a feeling. It's not about emotions. It's about the fact. Preacher, how do you know that you're saved today? I know because what He's done for me, but I know that because of what He said. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And you can trust His Word today. If you do not know Him today, I invite you to come. He's come to you. He's come this far. Let's all stand. As the pianist comes and plays something softly, I want you to think about this for a moment. Think about how far He came for you. Think about that for a moment. He came all the way from heaven, the sinless Son of God, to be born of Mary in a virgin's womb. He lived a sinless life, a humble life on this earth. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He came all the way from glory, all the way from heaven. He went all the way to the cross. On His way, He had to go past the scourging and the cat of nine tails there at Gabbatha. Then He went to Golgotha to be nailed to an old rugged cross with a crown of thorns that had been previously placed on his skull. Oh, there he was mocked and there for six excruciating hours he, he uh, was there, his body fighting dehydration and exposure and shock from the beating that he had taken. Six long hours there bearing your sin, coming to you. He died. He gave up the ghost. He rose again. Now He's called us. If you're saved by God's grace, He's called you to go tell somebody. He's put churches places where people can come in and hear the truth and that we can go out and tell the truth. 
He's come all the way that far for you. Will you just take one little step for Him and say, Lord, I will accept you as my Savior. Lord, will you please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart, be my Lord and my Savior. Did you know if you pray that prayer from your heart, He'll save you today? Hey child, are you here saved and living a defeated life? You don't have the joy of the Lord like you used to. You don't have the power. Hey, that power is still available for you. Just turn to Him. The Bible says if you confess your sins as God's child, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Heavenly Father, I thank You, dear Lord, for Your wonderful, wonderful grace. I thank You, dear Lord, for shedding Your blood for me, for rising on the third day. I thank You for the glad, glad day that it went from just a head knowledge to a heart knowledge. From I went from believing in my head to believing from my heart and putting all my faith and trust in You. And I pray if there's anybody here, dear Lord, that is not saved by Your grace, that they would come today. That maybe even right now as they stand there, that right now from their hearts they would say something like this, Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. God, I want to turn from my sins and I want You to forgive me of my sins. And I want You to become my Savior today. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those within themselves may just be words, but if you can pray something like that from your heart, God can save you and will save you today.